So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this one's gonna be again about Switch by Dan and Chip Heath. I think it's Dan and Chip, I'm actually not quite sure. But yeah, it is an amazing book with amazing knowledge and amazing information. So, please stay there. And oh, please stay on this episode. Please stay on this video because of my Utah. <laughs> well, there's gonna be more after the intro as always. You know, there is just gonna be a little bit more. There is gonna be... Uh, some good stuff. So yeah, um, hello and welcome back to another episode of the self development with Tactics podcast. I don't know if I've actually said that already. I'm not quite sure about that, but um, yeah, it's an amazing book. But before we go through the book or actually this book notes kind of summary thingy thing from Derek Sivers and from the Sivers.net, I'm sorry, Sivers.org site, uh, there's a few things that I'm willing to talk about. So the first thing is, if you are on the podcast, but you would like to be just on the YouTube video because there actually is the YouTube video. So let's actually just do it in a different way. You can listen to this, you can watch this, and you can also read this. And all the necessary information is down in the description. So please check it out. Please consider checking out. Please really check it out because it is only benefiting you. And I'm doing it because it is benefiting you and because I know that some people like just to read some people just like to watch and some people just like to listen. And so whatever you want to do, it is going to be there. So please check out the description. It is important. <laughs> and yeah, so let's have a look at it. You know, let's have a look at this amazing summary. And I've also been able to just get ahead a tiny little bit when I was in the train today. So I, I don't know how long this is going to take me or how long this is going to take us. But I do really hope that, I, uh, that I'm having enough of information to talk about, actually, because it's, it's actually not that much. But I've seen also in past episodes that I'm not that of a fast guy when it comes to just uh, such things. You know, when it comes to relatively long articles or longer articles. So therefore it is like, yeah, you know, it might just take us another two episodes or something. But yeah, the next thing is... People who have a growth mindset, and this is definitely something that you have probably heard of before. So when people have a growth mindset, believe that abilities are like muscles. They can be built up with practice, with concert, uh, concerted, concerted effort. You can make yourself better at writing or managing or listening to your spouse. With a growth mindset, you tend to accept more challenges despite the risk of failure. And the growth mindset, I guess there's actually a book that is completely only about the growth mindset, but I'm not quite sure. I only know that I think the book Mindset is also about growth mindset and not growth mindset. So in the end, I would say if you're having the growth mindset, you're just... Uh, I don't really remember, but I guess that you're then seeing the opportunities, that you're thinking about the good things, that you're not just uh, a lot of times thinking about failure and or mistakes and all those things, but you're thinking about growing, you're thinking about moving ahead. You're thinking about getting ahead and you're not really just caring about whatever you did wrong, whatever just did not work out that fine or that nice or that well, but you're more or less co just concentrating more on those things that you, you could actually improve because there is some progress, there is some process, there is some growth there in these sections. You're more inclined to accept criticism because ultimately it makes you better. 
You may not be as good as others right now, but you're thinking long term in a tortuous versus hair kind of way. I don't even know what this means. <laughs> tortoise, I guess it is T-O-R-T-O-I-S-E versus hair kind of way. Whatever, but the thing is, yeah, you know, the whole criticism thing, I do also struggle with it a bit. And I do think that especially grades, you know, as grades are kind of the best example for quote-unquote criticism, because it actually kind of is criticism, maybe feedback, it depends on how you think about it, and, and, and where just feedback stops and criticism begins for you. But I think the thing is, if you're talking about grades, and I've got actually my, my report card back today, so for one semester, and then for the next semester, I'm going to get my final quote-unquote um, report card. And I am not really quite happy with my topography grade that I've gotten, which is a, a C and, or a 3, actually, as it is in Austria. We are having numbers, we are not having letters. But the thing is, like, it is not such a good one, you know, but it is also not a really bad one. Like, it is just completely in the middle. It is like, okay, you have done it and it is fine, but it is not good. And I feel like, well, I don't know if this is kind of the right thing that I should get since I'm actually doing quite a lot for typography. Just all the all the designs that I'm doing on Instagram, so all the designs that I'm doing in general in my private and leisure time, these all have something to do with typography. So in the end, typography is the thing that I'm just concentrating the most on. Still, on the other hand, in the past few days, I wasn't also really happy with how the posts turn out because, you know, I'm only having a specific time frame for doing them, which might be an hour, you know, which is not that lot or not such a lot of time for five quote-unquote posters. You know, it's, you know, some people just, I don't know, do one poster in, in I don't know, 10 hours. But yeah, but I don't know if it if it would be better if I'm just, just only doing one, for example, even though I don't really like that, just first of all. And second of all, I don't really know if, if the, the post itself is then going to be better. You know, maybe I do just have to care about some other things. Maybe I am just going to just have a look at some good examples. And I'm maybe trying to rebuild them and see what they did so that I can understand what they did. And also do these things then in my work as well so that I kind of internalize that. Or I'm just, I don't know, having a look at people that have learned typography and are now good at typography. For example, Roy Cranston. He is really, really, really good in typography. So I, and he's also really young. And he's learned it, or he has learned it by himself, as far as I know. Or at least he has gotten so good just because of just himself working on it and whatnot. But yeah, you know, it shouldn't be about typography. But my point was, it is like criticism. And the problem there is, if you really think about your good grades and your bad grades, and or marks, whatever then you're going to think like, well, I'm having such a lot of good grades and oh man, I'm, I'm just so down because of this few bad grades. The thing there is on marks, whatever, um, the thing there is, the more we care about the positive stuff, the more we care about the positive criticism, the positive feedback, the more we are also going to care about the negative one. So just being in your lane and staying in the middle and staying just your course and not being kind of fucked by the negative and or the positive, which does not mean that you should not listen. Listening is something that's incredibly important because if I'm not listening to my teachers, of course, I'm not going to get any information. You know, I'm not going to know anything more than I knew before just because I might think that they are just wrong anyway. No, not really. So listening is always important, but not just really taking the criticism and letting it be like, 
your life or whatnot, because it is not my life, kinda. It still depends on whatever it is all about, though, so yeah. A growth mindset complement praises effort rather than natural skill. I'm proud of how hard you worked on the project. I could tell you, listen to your coach's comments. You really had your elbow under those chumps, chump shots today. Well, yeah, um, kinda actually, even though I'm not quite sure about that. And I wasn't also quite happy with that since... I mean, like, some people are just really talented at playing basketball and some people are not. And I think we should praise both of them because most often it is also the case that those people that just really are already good at it because they like it, because they're talented, just played the game such a lot. You know, and there it is not really about hard work, even though it can be about hard work, but it is like, okay, you know, you're talented and therefore you just naturally did it quite a lot of times and therefore you're good at it. You know, it's not because only you're talented and whatnot that you're good at it. At least this is what I think and what I believe in from, from time to time and just to some degree. And it is just because if you like something and if you're already talented, then you also like it even more, which makes you just play it even more. And so therefore you're going to be just even better because you're playing it way more than anybody fucking else just because you love it, just because it is your passion, just because it is something that you just love to do. Students were reminded that everything is hard before it is easy and that they should never give up because they did master something immediately. And I would say so as well. Even though uh, being honest to yourself and just uh, actually realizing that you might not be the best at whatever you're willing to be the best at um, might be something that's incredibly important. Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. To create and sustain change, you've got to act more like a coach and less like a scorekeeper. You've got to embrace a growth mindset and instill it into your team. IDEO or IDEO, whatever. When a team embarks on a new project, team members are filled with hope and optimism. As they start to collect data and observe real people struggling with existing products, they find that new ideas spring, worth, spring forth if effortlessly. I'm sorry. This comes, uh, then comes the difficult task of integrating all of those fresh ideas into a coherent new design. At this quote-unquote insight stage, it is easy to get depressed because insight doesn't always strike immediately. The project often feels like a failure in the middle, but if the team persists through the value of angst and doubt, it eventually merges with a growing sense of momentum. Team members begin to test out their new designs and they realize the improvements they have made and they keep tweaking the design to make it even better. And they come to realize we have cracked this problem. That's when a team reaches or reaches the peak of confidence. Yes, I would say so. And this is also one of the reasons why being in a flow state, which means that you're just doing something that's not too hard and also not too easy, is something that's uh, just good of an idea. Because if you're constantly doing something that you that, that's kind of hard, but you're still eventually able to do that, it is just so motivating. And this state is so incredibly valuable because it is motivating, because you're gonna just go ahead, you're gonna progress, you're gonna just move on. No matter fucking what, you're not going to be like, well, I just wasn't able to do that, blah, blah, blah. You're going to be more or less motivated all the fucking time in that state. I at least believe that. Notice what team leaders at IDEO are doing with the peaks and valleys visuals. They are creating the expectation of failure. They are telling team members not to trust that initial flush of good feeling at the beginning of the project because what comes next is hardship and tool and toil and frustration. Yet, strangely enough, when they, when they deliver this warning, it comes across as optimistic. 
That's the paradox of the growth mindset, although it seems to draw attention to failure and, in fact, encourages us to seek out failure. It is unflaggingly. I did never ever heard <laughs> hear this word before. Well, anyway. Unfla unflaggingly optimistic. We will struggle and we will fail. We will be knocked down, but throughout we will get better and we'll su succeed in the end. The growth mindset then is a buffer against defeatism. It reframes failure as a natural part of the change process and that's critical because people will preserve only if they perceive falling down as learning rather than as failing. And yes, this is totally the case because fucking failing is definitely fucking learning. Even though it does not feel the way, even though we kind of think like, well, I failed and it was a mistake and I hate my life and whatnot and, and yeah, it's a strange thing. It is um, not good. The teams who failed made the mistake of trying to get it right on the first try and were motivated by the chance to perform, to shine or to execute perfectly. But of course, no one shines on the first few times or tries. This mindset set the teams up for failure. By contrast, the successful teams focused on learning. They didn't assume that mastery would come quickly and they anticipated that they have faced or that they would face challenges. In the end, they were the ones who were more likely to get it right. Yes, and there's always something to learn and this is just something to, to think about and to learn and to see that there is something to learn, I'd say. Because of course, if you're focusing on just being the best and trying to be uh, perfect and whatnot, which is never going to be the case, then it's like, yeah, difficult. It really is difficult. But if you're focusing on learning and focusing on just knowing more than you knew yesterday or before, then... Um, well, it makes sense. I know it is a good idea. It is a good mindset. It is a good way to just live your life, I would at least say. The teams who failed made the mistake of trying to get it right on the first... Oh, I'm sorry. Students often didn't do their homework or they turned in shoddy work. Getting a D or an F was an easy way out in a way. Um, they might get a poor grade, but at least they would be done. In the new system, the students couldn't stop until they would clear the bar or they had cleared the bar. We define up front to the kids what's an A, a B, and a C, said Howard. If they do uh, substandard work, the teacher will say, not yet. And I do actually have to say, like, it is a good idea. And I'm not being like, well, you get an F, but more or less being like, well, just get it right. Try to get it right. And as I'm actually thinking about it, as I'm thinking about that, I mean... I'm actually having to do some tasks and quite a lot of tasks in school as well because they have to grade you. You know, you do just have to do some work and based on that, they they are then going to grade you. But I mean, like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. It really does not. Because if I'm like, well, I'm doing this and that and, and I'm just going to talk to my teacher and think like, well, what do I have to change to just make it quote-unquote perfect or just the optimal thing? Then I'm just, you know, I'm... I'm gonna get a fucking A just no matter fucking what. Some kinda. Maybe I actually should talk more to my teachers. Maybe this is just a better way to, to learn as well because I mean like if I'm just sitting in front of my computer for five hours or 15 hours and I'm doing something, I'm making something uh, without any feedback and whatnot then uh, I mean of course I might be surprised. I might also not be surprised. You know it depends on who you are, if you're good at whatever you're doing, if you're not good at what you're doing. But I think I mean, especially really when it comes up to tasks and doing the work, like there is no way that you can get a fucking bad grade, some kind of. And it also shouldn't be the right way to go because, I mean, 
a bad grade, but as by the way, doesn't really mean that you're just neither are you gonna be dumb, neither are you just bad at whatever you're doing. But in the end, it's like sometimes a pity, and it is sometimes a little bit pissed off, and all, and or it pisses me off. Um, but I mean, if you're just talking to your teacher, and if you're just collaborating with them to some degree, and uh, showing them your work, and just letting them tell you what is wrong and what is right, then there is no fucking way you can get a fucking F. I mean, of course, there's going to be better people and there's going to be quote-unquote worse people, you know. There will always be somebody that is better at whatever than you are unless you're really fucking good at it and also really passionate about it. People have a systematic tendency to ignore the situational forces that shape other people's behavior. He called this deep-rooted tendency the fundamental attribution error. The error lies in our inclination to attribute people's behaviors to the way they are rather than to the situation they are in. Yes, being like, well, um, you know, this guy pisses me off because he's always so mean, he's always so whatever. Let's think about his fucking position that he is in. Let's think about his fucking situation that he is in. Maybe his situation is just so fucked up that it just makes sense that, um, yeah, that he's angry, that he's mean. Even if he's mean all the fucking time, maybe there's something going on in his life which uh, part of this is now like about perspective, part of this now is just about empathy. But of course, really giving a fuck about the situation they're in rather than their the behavior itself, I mean, also makes sense and also is a good idea. Uh, so yeah, I think this is going to be the end of the episode, I would say. Um, so I wish you the best health of happiness and all success and also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered so basically means your legacy which basically means just being a nice person then being remembered as a nice person three other questions that i'm having for you are why are you here what are you trying to change and what is bothering you the most these three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea but yeah i'm hopefully going to see you the next time so i'll see you and bye and thank you very much for listening and or watching and or reading this thing even though you're not going to read it because it's only the just highlights there. But anyway, uh, thank you a lot. You know, I appreciate that.